Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. (sighs) The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Raffi is the voice of some of the happiest songs of our generation. Baby Beluga. So who is the man behind Baby Beluga? Every human being wants to feel respected. When we start with young children, all good things can grow from there. I'm Chris Garcia, comedian, new dad, and host of Finding Raffi, a new podcast from iHeartRadio and Fatherly. Listen every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Deborah Messing doesn't approve of an upcoming SNL host. Harry Styles gave out some relationship advice at a concert. And Zach Stafford is back on BuzzFeed Daily to talk about Lil Nas X, his new album, and the impact he's making on pop stardom. It's September 23rd, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Stephen LeConte. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. So to kick things off, after Saturday Night Live revealed its first round of hosts for the upcoming season. Yes, I'm excited for October 23rd with Jason Sudeikis and Brandi Carlisle. <laughs> Plug. <laughs> Plug that I have nothing a part of. I just really love that duo. Okay, anyways, there were a couple other dates that were released. And that's when Will & Grace star Deborah Messing gave us some of her thoughts about one of the guests in particular, Kim Kardashian. Deborah tweeted, quote, I know she's a cultural icon, but SNL has hosts generally who are performers who are there to promote a film, TV show or album launch. Am I missing something? Okay, so like, I guess I have a hot take here. Yeah, Deborah, you are missing something. I I understand a lot of people on Twitter have echoed the sentiment of like, oh my God, Kim Kardashian hosting SNL. That's not going to be funny. Well, I have a couple thoughts. First of all, like the baseline for SNL is usually not funny, right? So like, that's okay. SNL has a long history of bringing on like unconventional hosts. At its worst, they do something like bring on Donald Trump. However, sometimes they bring on like non-actor, non-performery hosts like I can think of when I was a kid and Paris Hilton was a host. And like the show was pretty funny and it's just like, it's like watching a dog walk on its hind legs or something. It's just a fun little moment. I'm excited to see Kim try it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, a weird comparison, but not weird. It's going to kind of be like when Elon Musk hosted. <laughs> like there's, there's no difference to me there. And I guess like I'm not at all... Like, yeah, sure, you can be mad that Kim Kardashian's hosting. I don't control your feelings. You can do whatever you want. But, like, SNL does this all the time. They're not doing it just to bring a funny person on. They're 
their goal is to get people to watch. People are going to watch Kim Kardashian. Like, that's the end goal. If that's selling out, okay, whatever. But yeah, SNL has sold out. But, like, haven't people been saying that since its inception? <laughs> right, exactly. And honestly, like, I think Kim is someone who has a good amount of self-awareness and is willing to poke fun at herself. So I think if the writers can give her the certain kind of roles that she can actually handle, which are just going to be mostly playing herself, I think we're going to get some laughs out of it. I don't know. I'm intrigued. Well, moving on. During a recent concert, Harry Styles spotted a fan holding a sign that said, should I text him? And decided to offer up some advice. In my opinion, if you should, this isn't even a question. If you're wondering if we're playing games, if you're wondering, should I text him? Should I text him? Harry added that in his opinion, if there's any sort of games, trash, trash, trash. <laughs> I love this advice that everyone needs. I like, I like heard this on um, our friend uh, Laura Parker's Instagram recently where she's doing like an AMA with people who follow her. And it was something about like, what's the best relationship advice you have? And she's like, the best thing I heard is that you shouldn't be confused in a relationship. And that's what this is. And I love that Harry Styles is like, no, don't text him. You're better. <laughs> Casey, can I just brag for one second? Oh God. Did you give Laura that advice? <laughs> yeah, I sure did. Steven, <laughs> Steven, I have literally, literally told like 10 people that line in the past month. <laughs> really? Well, good. Yeah. The advice, by the way, I should say, I didn't make this up, but I am the one who told Laura the advice is that, you know, when he likes you, you won't be confused. You know, and I think that's so true. But anyway, I, I think <laughs> Harry Styles gives very sage advice wisdom. I would like to have Harry Styles come on to uh, BuzzFeed Daily and do DM 911 for a day. Oh my God, I would love that. I'm willing to sit one out so that he could do it. I think he'd be- <laughs> All right. Well, we already know that today's interview is going to be amazing. Our very own former BuzzFeed Daily host, Zach Stafford, is back on the pod to talk about Lil Nas X and his debut album, Montero. But this isn't just an album review. Zach recently wrote an incredible piece for MSNBC about how the success of Lil Nas X has created space for other queer Black men. Zach is an amazing writer, and the piece is so personal, vulnerable, and we just can't wait to talk to him about it. Hi, Zach. Welcome back. Oh, my God. It's so good to be home. It's so warm. I'm so happy to see your face right now. Look at me. I'm look at how big I'm smiling. (laughs) I'm so happy to see your face because I just watch you from Instagram stories all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I love our DM friendship now. Yes. And it's nice to I love that, too. And Stephen, it's nice to see you in knowing today that I'm not going to use your advice column to ask (laughs) advice secretly about my life. I know. Zach, I'm like nervous because I feel like I have to do a good job because I'm technically in your old role right now. Oh my God, you're perfect. Don't worry. I showed, I showed up drunk every day. Don't worry about it. I'm kidding. I did not show up drunk every day. We love that because we record at like 10 in the morning. Yes. I mean, I believe me, a breakfast martini is my favorite type of martini. So 
listen, you're eating the olive for breakfast. There exactly. You go. Protein. Protein. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Zach, I really want to talk about your piece because it was so, so good. You know, last Friday, the moment the entire world was waiting for finally happened, Lil Nas X released his debut album, Montero. And, you know, you wrote a beautiful piece for MSNBC about Lil Nas and how meaningful it's been for you as a queer black man that we finally have an openly gay black pop star. Can you tell us about how this moment feels for you? I said this in the tweet, I think, the morning of, and I said I'd never been so proud of someone before. And I do believe that. And it was really shocking to feel that much pride because I do love Little Nas X. Like, I've, I've always loved him. When I was at BuzzFeed, we did things with him, which was really fun. And he's a really nice person. But I'd never really understood the gravity of the situation until it had happened. And what was really the thing that moved me to write the piece was a conversation about Michael K. Williams, the actor who passed away recently from The Wire in Lovecraft Country. And, you know, I was being asked to cover his death. And in the midst of us talking about that, I was just so sad because Black Queer Death is all we talk about. And I said to someone at MSNBC, you know, Montero comes out in like 10 days. Let's just talk about it there. I can bring it up there and let's just frame this as a larger history of black queer representation and how hard that march to this moment has been and how people like Michael K. Williams have paved the path and, you know, um, Mickey Blanco and all these people. And it's gotten us to a moment in which Lil Nas X can release this very gay, very black pop album. And everyone's expecting it to be the album of the year. So when it happened and it was 11 o'clock Pacific time and I'd heard the whole album, we're finishing up edits to go live in the morning. I said to myself, Oh, this is actually good. Thank God. Because I was so worried. Like so many gay things. It was not going to be good. And I was going to have to just like fake it being good because it was for the culture. So finally, it feels like a moment that I'm like, I'm proud because it's good and it's a prideful moment and that we can all celebrate something and be really authentic in the ways that, you know, Lil Nas X is being so authentic. So it's a great time. I'm really happy. Well, as we all know, Lil Nas X exploded onto the scene in 2019 with his record-breaking hit, Old Town Road. And his popularity has just grown and grown every day since then. And his success is so notable because he is a Black queer artist. He's not the first Black queer artist by any means, but he is one of the first to really break through in this mainstream sort of way. What do you think it is about Lil Nas X that allowed him to break down these barriers? I think he is talented. He's incredibly talented. But there have been incredibly talented people since the beginning of time. We've all known that. And there's artists that have been able to come out and many artists that have never come out. But I think it's a mixture of talent and timing. He comes at the perfect moment. He's on the right side of history. We know that there are more LGBTQ people than ever that are are Gen Z. Social media has really democratized the music industry. You know, music industry executives have to look to TikTok and SoundCloud to see what the next thing is. So I think it was all wrapped up in the perfect moment. And he just like knows the internet so, so well that he was able to kind of manufacture it. But I also just think that he's at a moment in which we see through things like Pose and Moonlight that black queer people are being allowed to exist. And he grew up in that moment. And he doesn't have the baggage that even I have about growing up and being black and queer in Atlanta, where I partially grew up, where he's from. And through that, he's become so free. And I think we all connect to that authenticity and the joy of it all. Because as I said earlier, it's just this moment of let's look at how happy that we are here at this moment. You know, we faced so much death over the years and now we can finally just send some joy. And he's that joy. He's so quintessentially joyful at all times. He is that joy. And it's not just his music. It's 50-50 his music and his presence on the internet. He is good at the internet. We have talked about this countless times, like on the podcast, but like he really has like an understanding of it that 
a lot of people don't, and he uses it to his advantage. And, you know, we all remember this past March when he dropped the now infamous music video to Montero, in which he rode a stripper pole to hell and then gave Satan a lap dance. Then he came out with the Satan sneakers, which he said were made from human blood. Then he started wearing a fake pregnancy belly to promote the album release. I mean, personally, I love his brand of transgressive artistry, but, you know, it's not everyone's cup of tea, and that's why he does it. I mean, how is he so good at pushing people's buttons? I think that thing you just said, it's not everyone's cup of tea, is quintessential because he only does things in which we all have an opinion on. But he learned from being a Barb. We know that he was a big Nicki Minaj fan and he was part of her army, the Barbs. And I think about the Barbs, which we've seen even last week when Nicki Minaj had her moment and continues to have her moment, is that to own the internet is to create, what do they say on TikTok? Small controversies that you can control. And he does that. He's like, okay, everyone's going to have an opinion on me being pregnant. So let's use that. And he creates a line in the sand and everyone responds to it. And he also gives you things that are really relatable. And he also does that thing that so many people don't do. And I think our, our dear friend Taylor Swift is dealing with, with her own TikTok lately, is that it doesn't feel like you're actually making them. Celebrities don't feel like they're making them. And Lil Nas X actually is making his content. When you get a tweet from him or he quote tweets you or even dunks on you. You're like, that's Lil Nas X tweeting this, similar to Nicki Minaj. You're like, when she comes for you, that is her coming for you. And in a moment in which we're all like drowning in content and tweets and memes, we all just want to feel like a human connection. And he's learned from growing up on the internet how to create in a one-to-one way in a really big scaled out internet. And that's what makes him so good. And that makes him like, I think if Lil Nas X wasn't a pop star, he'd be a BuzzFeed editor. Fully, 100%. <laughs> he's, welcome, he's welcome here anytime. Like, I would say that's why he did, like, our big BuzzFeed live show and, like, BuzzFeed was, did the right, live thing at right. Western Hall. Like, that's why he showed up because he... He knows the internet and we know the internet. So, um, so yeah, I think that's why it's just, he's just a kid of the internet. And I think he represents what the future is going to look like too. All right. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with more about Lil Nas X. It. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Adoption of teens from foster care is a topic not enough people know about, and we're here to change that. I'm April Dinwiddie, host of the new podcast, Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Each episode brings you compelling real-life adoption stories told by the families that live them with commentary from experts. Visit adoptuskids.org slash podcast or subscribe to Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Administration for Children and Families and the Ad Council. I'm Jake Halpern, host of Deep Cover. Our new season is about a lawyer who helped the mob run Chicago. We controlled the courts. We controlled absolutely everything. He bribed judges and even helped a hitman walk free. Until one day when he started talking with the FBI and promised that he could take the mob down. I've spent the past year trying to figure out why he flipped and what he was really after. From my perspective, Bob was too good to be true. There's got to be something wrong with this. I wouldn't trust that guy. He looks like a little scumbag liar, stool pigeon. He looked like what he was, a rat. 
I can say with all certainty, I think he's a hero because he didn't have to do what he did, and he did it anyway. The moment I put the wire on the first time, my life was over. If it ever got out, they would kill me in a heartbeat. Listen to Deep Cover on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. We're talking with Zach Stafford about Lil Nas X and the impact he's making on the music industry as an openly gay black pop star. So even though Lil Nas X is currently the most popular, there have been numerous queer black musicians throughout history. Artists like Little Richard, Big Frida, and Frank Ocean have been paving the way for decades for Lil Nas X to come onto the scene. But now that he's here, it's clear that he's changing the game. So what do you think Lil Nas's success will do for the next generations of black queer artists? Uh, I love this question because it's like the answer is so good. And it's that you don't have to wait to come out. Everyone you just mentioned, even Frank Ocean had to wait years before they finally said their full truth. And I think even in many ways, Frank Ocean's still working through that truth in public. He's a very private person still, but so many artists like Elton John even came out at the end of his career. George Michael came out at the end of his career. Football players come out at the end of their careers. And that's why we're at this moment where these younger folks are saying, you know what, I'm going to begin this journey being my whole self. And that is so incredible for young people because I think all of us as queer people know the burden of a closet and to have that door closed for so long, even artistically, makes your art not better, it makes it worse. So what I think is going to happen is young, more young people are going to step into their full selves thanks to Lil Nas X and thanks to Troye Sivan, you know, too, and Adam Lambert, we can never forget, who famously was blacklisted for kissing a man. And I think they're going to be able to like create even more radically cool, interesting things that we've never seen before um, because they don't have to do what was done before they can create new paths so i'm really excited for the music industry and seeing what happens next and truly how amazing is it that you said that i mean it's it was so awful but it really hit home when you said it like four times in a row of like they came out at the end of their career because not only are you battling like what to do about like your true self you have to make the decision of your career because of the fear that you will be blacklisted or you will not get another job or you will not get the pay you deserve, et cetera. So yeah, this is a really big deal. Yeah. And it's like, think about us, you two doing the show, hosting the show. Could you imagine every day not being able to talk about your queer lives or queer things, like how radically different the show would be? Now put that onto a pop star who's trying to make the soundtracks to our lives every day. It seems also fake and hard and awful. So I'm just so glad he'll never feel that. He'll have his own hurdles and he says that he deals with them every day, but he won't have that one. And that's that's good because it's a big one. Mm. Okay, so while most people in the music industry have been extremely supportive of Lil Nas X, of course there have been a few folks who are mm, not as supportive. You know, rappers like DaBaby and Boozy Badass have both said things about Lil Nas that are straight up homophobic. But it's been encouraging to see a lot of the hip hop community embrace and defend Lil Nas. But I mean, why do you think there are some artists who are so resistant to someone like Lil Nas X? Ugh. I think about this a lot lately, too, because it ties into similar conversations we have about masculinity and a lot of men's anger at queer men or trans folks in that, you know, we as queer people present a a future and a promise that all these constructions you have defined your life by, that you have to be one way to be a man, you have to be one way to be a woman, all these like really strict guidelines aren't actually real. You can find a lot of freedom and joy outside of them. And I think there's a lot of resentment and anger there. We see, especially in rap, where they're saying, wait a minute, you don't have to like rap about X thing. You don't need to go to jail. You don't need to do all this stuff to be successful. There are other routes and I've been wasting and focusing my life on all this other stuff. There's a lot of anger there, similar to how like very, you know, very masculine straight men get mad or very 
femme men. They're like, how dare you be a man and be this way? So I think those rappers have that type of thing going on for them. And there's also just the plain, like, they're doing what they were told to do. Rap has always, in every musical genre, has been all about demeaning and criminalizing queer bodies. Film and television has done the same thing. These people grew up in those cultures, and they were told, you want to be successful like Eminem? Make fun of gay people. Look how famous he got. And now we're seeing a backlash and a, and a tide changing, and people like DaBaby are facing the consequences that are going to be here to stay forever. So I think they're caught in a cultural change, and it's shocking to them. Because they're like, wait, the rap I grew up listening to, that's what you did, and you were seen as a hero. Now I'm being canceled, quote-unquote canceled. Now I can't book, you know, a Lollapalooza when before DMX booked Lollapalooza for saying the same thing. So I think it's confusing and there's a shock to the system, but um, they're about to learn. They are learning. And, <laughs> and DaBaby just, <laughs> that's a whole other mess. I wrote about DaBaby and I have never gotten so many death threats. No, I have before, but this was a lot of death threats from people. And when I read through them, the consistent theme was how dare you try to cancel a good man or a man that's trying to take care of his family. And I do think that's where these folks that are homophobic are coming from. They really haven't learned yet that this ideology they've built their lives around isn't real and that it's not a thing that they should be following. So they see us critiquing them as a destroying of this other person. But I see it as a calling them in to be like, hey, guess what? That's over. It's a new chapter now. And that's why Lil Nas is so scary to them because he's like, it's changing. This is not going backwards. It is. And we're, we're not saying go away. We're saying you can hang out with us if you're not homophobic. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Zach. Well, finally, it's been a week since Montero dropped. What's been the critical reaction to the album? Um, okay, I'll just be very transparent with everyone. It's been great. People are so excited. But I was talking to someone last night at dinner who's a cultural critic who I will not aim. And he doesn't love it, but he loves the moment so much. And that's where I'm at, too. The album is wonderful. It's very poppy. There's a lot of great, like, TikTok hits. Do I think it's the album of the year? Oh, you know, Drake released his album that's burning up the charts. We know Adele's going to release something this year. Rihanna is flirting more and more with it. Beyonce may release something. You know, there's all these big, big pop stars that are releasing things that would be the album of the year. But I do think this is the moment of the year. I think this is going to be the biggest moment in pop culture of the year that's going to change everything. Um, and that's great. And I'm also just, like I said up top, just happy it's also just good. I think if this is where he's beginning, like, my God, where are we going to be in five years? Like, Everyone remembers, not everyone, I remember, when New York Times reviewed Beyonce's first album, and they said Beyonce's good, but she's not, she's no Ashanti. And so it's like Beyonce herself had a rocky start as a, as a solo artist and then became Beyonce. So Lil Nas is starting here and going up. That's it's huge. It's going to be huge. Oh, Zach, it has been so lovely having you back on the podcast. Thank you I so much for joining to us leave. today. <laughs> I'll just hang out in the green room and harass all of you. Anytime. Thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you both for having me. It's so nice to see you. <laughs> all right. That's it for today. Come back and join us tomorrow. And remember, when Harry Styles says he's trash, he's definitely trash, trash, trash. <laughs> be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed coming to you daily. From Cavalry Audio comes the new true crime podcast, The Shadow Girls. I grew up near the banks of the Green River and in the shadow of the killer that bears its name. Prosecutors described him as a serial killer savant. But this podcast isn't only about tracking down the killer. It's about the victims. We stayed in the woods. 
He always liked to go to the woods. Listen to The Shadow Girls on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We've all felt left out. And for people who move to this country, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Adoption of teens from foster care is a topic not enough people know about, and we're here to change that. I'm April Dinwiddie, host of the new podcast, Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Each episode brings you compelling real-life adoption stories told by the families that live them with commentary from experts. Visit adoptuskids.org slash podcast or subscribe to Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Administration for Children and Families and the Ad Council.